Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you joined us this afternoon. We're going to be talking about the Bringing America Back to Life Conference. And that's coming to Cleveland, and that's coming up next weekend, March uh, 12th and 13th, at the Embassy Suites Hotel. Now, this has become an annual event over the last number of years, and it's been a great pro-life event uh, that people are coming from, uh, really, regionally to come to this conference. And there's some really great speakers. Uh, With us is the director of Cleveland Right to Life, Molly Smith, and her organization, of course, hosts the conference Bringing America Back to life. Good afternoon, Molly. Good afternoon, Chris. Honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. And uh, again, this looks like a great event this year, and uh, it's good to get back at it. You know, COVID has been a major interruption for all of our lives this last year with so many things that have been, you know, special programs that have been suspended, uh, special events that have been suspended. We have good friends up there in New England. Uh, of course, last year was the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims' Landing in Plymouth Rock, and we have a uh, ministry up there, the Plymouth Rock Foundation, with Pastor Paul Jaley. They were, of course, uh, planning a huge uh, events that all had to be canceled due to the state of Massachusetts uh, restricting size and gatherings. Now, of course, we're starting to come out of uh, this COVID protocol, as Texas announced uh, just uh, today that the face mask mandate has been suspended in Texas, and they're starting to get back to, to normal. And I think you're going to see more and more states do that as uh, people are becoming vaccinated and the herd immunity is growing. And uh, we're coming out of the uh, second wave, as it were, because hospitalizations are down. So hopefully we can get back to life. And one of those ways is getting to the conference, bringing America back to life, where we celebrate the uh, life itself, and of course, protecting life in the womb. Tell us about the conference. Sure, Chris, and and it's it's a it's an absolute pleasure to be on here and talk to your guests about this. This is our twelfth uh, Bringing America Back to Life convention. We have actually expanded to be more than just regional, more than just Ohio. Uh, we are we have uh, welcomed people from all corners of Ohio. So it's become a statewide. Convention. Um, it has also become a national, a national uh, uh, convention from across the country. So we have about 17 to 18 regular states that come in. Their pro-life, pro-family um, leaders come into the convention. No different this year. We have a couple of little bit less because of COVID, as you mentioned. Um, and we are a little bit more restricted this year, which has been unfortunate, but it's part of what we just, we, we knew we'd have to do that. And we've done it, um, and we actually are doing it very well, and we're managing it well. The numbers are phenomenal. I have to tell you that when we decided to put the convention on this year, we decided that back in June of last year, uh, or July, June or July. And um, it was, you know, we sort of said, should we go virtual? Should we have it in person? Let's just let's just bite the bullet and do it, <laughs> um, you know, in person. And so we went ahead and planned, booked the booked the speakers, and it is, as you say, God is good. He has, uh, you know, provided some, uh, a little bit of a relief to all of us. I know Mississippi has also just announced that they have relaxed all of their, their restrictions. Uh, Texas has just lifted up everything as well. I know Florida is will probably follow very soon, and I think we're going to see that happening more and more. So this is going to be good. In fact, we're, we're praying and ask your guests to pray for us too, that the, the restrictions on, on the uh, limits of space. The space limiting will, will also be will go down, so we can welcome more guests to the convention. But you asked me about the people that are going to be there. We have the most amazing lineup. Um, normally, we have 20 speakers that come in this year because of COVID. We're down to 12, uh, 13 actually in total because there's a, a, a dual uh, couple that are kind of going to talk. Um, but we have the wonderful Paul Kengor, who I'm sure your listeners will know, he, um, uh, will have heard about him. He's an uh, a relentless author of different books all about communism and, and the importance of Christianity. And he's going to come and talk um, on Saturday morning. 
and and his conference, um, his uh, uh, title of his presentation is "Why Communism Isn't Cool, It's Deadly." And I mean, is that not the truth? We're seeing this up close and personal as to what uh, socialism and communism does to a country, um, and it's going to be wonderful to listen to Paul Kengor. We have the wonderful Father Shannon Bouquet, who is um, very well known internationally across the world. Uh, I think he's visited 80 countries with his mission mission work, and his title is called "It Only Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going." Wow, <laughs> is that not true? I think Chris Long, you know that because this is exactly what you've done with your organization. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's right. You have some great lineup here. Of course, uh, Charlie Kirk is going to be your keynote at your Friday night dinner. Uh, and, of course, uh, Charlie has really come on in the last few years as a conservative voice. Uh, you have Donna Murphy, who's going to be speaking as well. And then you have the uh, showing of the Roe v. Wade movie. Tell us about that. That's going to be at the Saturday night dinner. Yes, that's going to be pretty cool. Well, I, I think you might remember, um, and I, I don't know that you were able to be there. I think you were traveling last year. But um, last year we had the the, uh, the executive producer and actually one of the actors, Rob uh, Loeb, who uh, Nick Loeb rather Nick Loeb, who was came and was one of our guests. He and Kathy Allen, who is also one of the executive producers of of the movie, they came and told us all about it. They already had the first cut done, but they explained to us what this is about, and it's actually a complete um, recreation of the decision of the Roe v. Wade, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. So they replay this. They've, they've, they've tried to stay as close to the actual events that happened at that time. So they've got some wonderful actors in it. So we thought it was going to be released in April. It wasn't released. They had some bumps in the road, which is so true with, with all, all movies. They always do that. They say, you know, they aim for something and they can't get there. Anyway, wonderful news uh, came to me in November, and uh, Nick emailed me and said, Molly, we've got it going, it's up and ready, and we'd like you to be, your convention to be one of the first uh, places where we are going to be um, screening it. So we've been working with them. They are, in fact, I just got the confirmation today that the movie is downloaded, ready to go, so we will be uh, viewing it, our our, our uh, Participants can view the movie, and this is a, a preview of, of the movie. It has not actually got into theaters yet. So it's going to be very exciting. I can't wait to see it. It's, um, you know, I know that it's going to be much appreciated. And, and it's so often, um, Chris, that we find when we do this, when we actually visually show people what happened, I think it has a huge impact. And I know that that's what Nick Loeb is, is hoping will happen with this. When you actually see these decisions, when you watch the, the, the dramatization of the, of the um, Supreme Court decision, I think it's going to really awaken people to how egregious this decision really was. So we are really hoping that this is going to be something that we'll, we'll be able to really Well, that's right. And, and they have yeah. some, uh, you know, star cast. Uh, John Voigt is in this movie. Uh, this looks like it's done very well. Uh, and again, this is going to be premiered at the Bring America Back to Life conference for their Saturday night dinner. Uh, the, the Friday night dinner is Charlie Kirk. Uh, Charlie is going to be, uh, what's he going to be talking about on Friday night? Molly, do we know? Um, you know, <laughs> I tried to tie him down and say, okay, what's the title of your talk? And he said, I'll talk about anything you want me to talk about. So what I said to him, I want you to talk about making waves in all the right places, which would you not say that that's exactly Charlie Kirk? <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> he, he, he makes waves in all the right places. So he's going to be our keynote speaker. Uh, he's one of the youngest Christian conservatives um, in the in the nation. Um, he has inspired our youth. In fact, it was the young people that came to me two years ago and said to me, because, you know, one third of our, of our convention is always filled with young people. So they came and said, you need to get Charlie Kirk here. You know, they love the convention and they said, get somebody like Charlie Kirk. So... I worked with them last year, couldn't make it last year, and uh, you know, been working with them on and off for the past year, and we were able to do it. I will tell everybody that unless um, Governor DeWine relaxes the distancing um, mandates here, which we are hoping he will do, um, but we are actually sold out of the Charlie Kirk dinner. And, and in fact, 
uh, even even people coming in and, and, and watching it after you know, sometimes you will, every every single um, speaker that we put on um, you can come in you don't have to buy the meals but you can come in and, and listen to the presentation well even our day pass day, day passes for Charlie Kirk are gone so um, but we will be live streaming it in the in the hotel in one of the uh, conference rooms we hope to get Charlie to be able to go around and talk to people who weren't actually able to come into the conv- into the room, uh, the ballroom. But char- the actual meal is sold out. So, but keep t- you know all of you listeners out there that are, are listening to to uh, Chris right now, um, keep checking back because if we do get a relaxation of these mandates, we will reopen that and and take in more re- registration. That we had to cut it off last night to be quite honest with you because it was just it was it was streaming in and we are. We are at the maximum of what we can fit into that into the ballroom with all the restrictions. So, okay, so the Saturday night exciting. dinner is still uh, open, and of course, yes. the event itself, the conference itself, there's day tickets, of course, with all the breakout sessions, which is really a must. And folks, here's where you go: you go to bringamericabacktolife.org, uh, or just search "Bring America Back to Life" convention, and uh, you will see all the information and the registration and, of course, the uh, the uh, guide for both uh, Friday and Saturday. And this is such a great event. I, you know, I can't believe it's been 12 years since you first launched this, Molly. Uh, boy, has that time gone fast. And you've had some great speakers <laughs> over the years. And really, um, there's been a lot of thousands have actually come to this, this convention over the years. And I don't know if you've actually... Uh, monitor how many people over the years who have actually attended, but you get a lot of foot traffic uh, with folks coming in. Of course, this year's with COVID, it's a little bit more restricted. Even CPAC uh, had to move their operation from Maryland normally, or Washington, D.C. is where they have CPAC. They had to move it to Orlando, where things were less restrictive. And even there in Orlando, there's still social distancing and spacing and that kind of thing. So their numbers were down. They're not what they normally are. But it's so great that these conferences are taking place because we really do need to get back to life. Uh, there's been so many uh, casualties along the way of people being isolated and alone and depression and all kinds of problems that ensue when you have people being isolated from one another. That's not how God intended us to be. He intended us to have fellowship one with another. And so these kinds of conventions are meant to inspire and encourage us for the cause of life, and none better than the Bring America Back to Life convention hosted by Cleveland Right to Life. With me on the phone is Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life. And, you know, Molly, we actually have many challenges in the life community in front of us. And so, you know, one of the things that the Lozier Institute was doing was trying to monitor the vaccinations that were being developed, whether they were using aborted fetal lines and either, either testing or development of the vaccines from what we know that Pfizer and Madura does not. But here comes Johnson & Johnson. That's a, that's a household name. And unfortunately, they have used aborted fetal lines. If I've got this right from the report from the Lozier Institute, uh, they have used aborted fetal lines in both develop, testing and development of the vaccine. What's your thoughts on that? You know, we will have somebody there talking about the Pfizer and Moderna um, vaccine. And we I will tell you, Chris, we are very concerned about them because while they weren't actually, while the testing, while they didn't actually use them in the manufacture of the, of the vaccine, uh, they were certainly uh, tested on mice with humanized lungs. And those, those, in order to grow those humanized lungs, they were. They did use fetal cells, fetal uh, aborted fetal cells. So we we do know that there there is a connection to it. Um, the, we will have two experts talking about that and sh- and just you know just ha- trying to help us to understand which is what exactly what this convention is about. Sometimes, as you know, I mean you've been at some of the uh, conventions when we've had people that were that have really challenged us all and said, think about this. Go out there and seek the truth. In fact, to be quite honest with you, the, the theme for this year, every year somehow the theme just sort of pops up as the speakers start to talk to me. I suddenly get, I know what this is about. I know it's going to happen. Our theme this year is John 8:32, which of course is, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. We're going to be focused, laser focused on the truth. Because as you said, we've watched in this last year, Chris, the truth gets distorted in 
so many different ways, with even from our friends, we've, we've watched it being distorted. And I think so many things that have happened during the COVID uh, situation, um, you know, and I think you were one of the people that brought this to everybody's attention. What was happening in the nursing homes was just outrageous, absolutely yes. outrageous. And yes. this, this was happening, you know, from our our own friends, our own our own Republicans were doing some of this. And and you you made a big fuss about it, and you did get things changed, which was wonderful. But that's what we're hoping to do is to bring this information to our public, to our to our choir, and you know that's what we that's what the bringing America back to life is all about. It is about preaching to the choir and helping them and teaching them how to sing. And when they sing, they need to sing with a beautiful voice that is full of the truth. That's what it's about. So that's mm. what we're going to be doing. Amen. You know, and I've actually attending some of your events. Some of the great uh, music, musical guests from the local parishes have been phenomenal. And some of these yeah. kids speaking about the choirs. You've had uh, some youth choirs from some of the local parishes who have sung at the convention, and the music's been heavenly. <laughs> We've really enjoyed that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so you have such a great complement of people who help put this on, which is great yeah. because it's it's a real synergy. Of bringing uh, of the, the the life community coming together and really exactly. rallying for the cause. Tell us about that. How uh, you have so many yeah. folks that are actually helping you? Yeah, you know, one of the wonderful things has been is uh, you know one of uh, in fact just uh, as an aside, uh, Bob France from the from the Salem um, Morning Show will be our our uh, MC this year, and um, a guest that we normally would would sort of not even think about is, is Jack Windsor. Who also is there has been really come up to to the forefront in his search for the truth. So it's been wonderful to see that happening. But the choir, as you mentioned, you know who who has been there. How have we done that? And that has just really been through us reaching out to the choir. That's us reaching out to the pro life community, reaching out to the family, to the Christian organisations, and you know explaining to them what we are doing, and them just embracing this whole idea of let's get together, let's build it. Because to be quite honest, um, you know, and I, I think it, all too often we're trying to do everything on our own. We try to go off in our own direction saying, well, I'm going to go do this. And, and wonderful, that is a wonderful uh, uh, attitude to have. But aren't we stronger when we all get together? That's right. So much stronger. It's Absolutely. So much stronger. Yeah. yeah, I'm reading here from the purpose and about us as the convention says, we are individuals from every walk of life that are committed to protecting life and family from the moment of conception to natural death. We are committed to promoting a culture of life that will overpower and conquer the current culture of death through grassroots efforts on a local, state, and national level through prayer, action, voting, and education. You know, that's such a great cause, Molly, because there has been such progress in the life community. I think of where we were in the mid-70s, and, uh, you know, it, it seemed at that time the Catholic Church was actually standing alone. But then there was a surge within evangelical churches to begin to speak about and speak out about abortion as an evil that, uh, that cannot be tolerated, that Christians must be a voice. You know, I think of uh, Dr. Uh, Charles Billington of Akron Baptist Temple. He had a t television ministry at that time. And I mean, he would literally pound the pulpit on this, and, and he just dr drilled it into the folks and saying, we must be for the cause of life. We must be uh, those who defend life in the womb. And so, you know, there, uh, there was such a surge then among evangelicals. So the life community and among our young, if we look at the polling now, a lot of young people understand that it is life in the womb, but the education continues because we are ever fighting against the, the culture of death, and uh, it's so discouraging when we see states like New York legalizing abortion up through uh, a birth and, and infanticide in Virginia with their governor, and it's so disheartening. You'd think at this late date, with all the medical knowledge of that, what we know about life in the womb and when life begins, for those who would just be so determined to uh, eliminate and, and exterminate life in the womb, it's so it's such an affront to God because He is the Creator of all life. Your thoughts? 
absolutely. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, this is exactly what it's about. And, and it's, about, it's about us here, which is where we started, as you said, local, state, and then national. You've got to start local. But, you know, it's, it's for our to make sure that our government, our local government and our local state government never does what, uh, what New York did. That, was, that is such a, such a travesty. It is such an evil that is out there. And it's, how did it happen? It happened because so many people were quiet as this was happening. Well, you know, I, what I see is that as we build this, this amazing, you know, stage and, and choir out there that, that we're able to sing from, um, we will never allow Ohio to go down that route. You know, and, and to say that, oh, it'll never happen here, we've got a Republican government, that's not necessarily true. We are the ones that are going to have to stand strong and say, not on our watch. Amen. And pass, you know, to your point, to pass it on to the next generation. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think about Frederick Douglass, the great uh, abolitionist during the Civil War period. And he, of course, was a freed slave and then self-taught and a very brilliant man. And he was in his late years, and a young uh, black professional came to him, and he asked him, you know, you know, giving him advice. And he said, young man, he said, agitate, agitate, agitate. <laughs> and, exactly. Right. You know, in the pro-life community, we can't let them rest. We must allow, be the voice for the... Voiceless. Voiceless yeah. And so that's what we're to do is to speak up and uh, to speak out for the unborn so that they, they have a conscience and they, they have a vote and we are their voices. And so thank God for the Bring America Back to Life convention. And again, that's coming up next uh, Friday and Saturday. That's March 12th and 13th. You can register for the convention at bringamericabacktolife.org sponsored by the Cleveland Right to Life. Molly, thanks so much for being my guest today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and, and actually lots of fun talking to you, Chris. We don't talk often enough, so this is wonderful. Thank you. We'll do it again, and uh, there's so much work to do, and we're praying for the convention, and we know that it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful time for people to come together to get inspired and to be encouraged, and we thank you for all that you're doing for the cause of life at Cleveland Right to Life. Well, thank you. So uh, anyways, folks, uh, stay tuned, because on the other side, we're going to be listening to about the Equality Act, and the Equality Act is something we need to stop. It passed the House. You're going to hear in the interview that it did uh, was uh, up for a vote. Unfortunately, this was an interview from last week. It did pass the U.S. House of Representatives, and then uh, now it's going to the Senate. So we're encouraging you to go to our website, that's ohioca.org, just uh, or search Ohio Christian Alliance. And right on the front page, you want to call U.S. Senators uh, Brown and Portman from Ohio. And the numbers are there right on the Ohio Christian Alliance website page. And urge them to vote no on the so-called Equality Act, uh, H.R. 5. And the information is on our website as well. Don't forget to bring America Back to Life conference next uh, Friday and Saturday. And we'll see you there. God bless. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. 
I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust the following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We have an action alert and we're going to need you to make some calls to your congressmen uh, and possibly your senators this hour on something that's called the Equality Act. It's actually the so-called Equality Act. H.R. 5 is LGBTQ special rights legislation that includes the uh, entire uh, comprehensive um, uh, is civil rights code for all intents purposes. In fact, it will be a threat to the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that was passed in 1993 that actually assures religious liberty in this country, uh, echoing from the First Amendment in our constitutional rights. But we're going to be talking about that, so uh, get your phone ready because we're going to need you to make some phone calls to Washington even as we're talking. With me on the phone is our good friends from Liberty Council. Jonathan Alexander is the Governmental Affairs Council for the Liberty Council, and of course they are a legal advocacy organization for people of faith. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate the work that Liberty Council does, and of course uh, all faith groups are on alert right now. We have sent out email alerts to our list. Uh, calls have been made to Ohio congressmen, uh, and of course across the country people are making calls to Washington and telling them to vote no on H.R. 5, the so-called Equality Act. But again, this is SOGI legislation. This is LGBTQ special rights legislation that allows transgender men to enter in women's restrooms, to enter uh, girls' athletic programs. Uh, it actually violates the privacy rights of women and children. Uh, basically, people of faith also will be challenged with this legislation. I mean, this thing's pretty extensive and expansive, and this is a wish list of the left. They've been trying to get this done for some time, and so when they saw that they were able to take uh, both the House and majority, the Senate majority, and the presidency, uh, it's no holds bar as they're going forward with this radical agenda. Explain. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is their mothership. This is everything that they've wanted. And it's right that you mentioned the religious groups, the religious schools, uh, you know, some of these areas of public accommodation. But what we need to stress is just how invasive this is. This gets government tentacles in every aspect of your life, including inside of your very home. And we can explain how even home businesses, if you're selling things on Etsy or eBay, how even your home business is now subject to the overarching rule and decrees of the LGBT agenda. It puts the force of federal government literally inside of your homes, of course in churches and synagogues and mosques. It does so in public accommodations and schools and areas of employment. It does so in literally every area of your life. This is the federal government shoving the LGBT sexual orientation and gender identity agenda down the throats of Americans. 
Let me read this portion of an alert. Uh, It says, The Equality Act would severely erode religious freedom. The Equality Act expressly exempts itself from Religious Freedom Restoration Act, our flagship religious liberty law. The the Equality Act's expansion of public accommodations could require churches and houses of worship to violate their beliefs regarding how they use their facilities. Its changes to employment law would prohibit some houses of worship from ensuring their clergy and employees abide by their doctrines or beliefs about marriage, sexual behavior, and the distinction between the sexes. Federal aid could be denied to students attending faith-based institutions unless those institutions abandon policies policies and practices reflecting their sincerely held religious beliefs about marriage and sexuality. Jonathan, I mean, this is a nightmare for sure. No, absolutely. On that first point that you made with regards to religious establishments, the civil rights law does affect the way that individual religious groups can hire or fire their own employees. And the greatest offense that we've had uh, the First Amendment, of course, being you know the strong words that we have to protect our religious freedom, but also RFRA, this bill, this 1993 law that passed, that put teeth into federal law, saying that this is the strongest protection that you need to fight cases on behalf of your faith. Well, this Equality Act comes right in and targets RFRA and says, RFRA cannot be a claim or a defense or bring a cause of action under the title RFRA. It is literally going right after our faith and saying that it will have no merit in the courts, it will have no standing to defend you. Any claim that you would have, any conscious objection or moral objection or religious objection that you have to the LGBT agenda being in your church, in your home, in your school, if you have a school associated with your church, in your place of employment, if you have a brick-and-mortar building, and even if you're literally just having a place of gathering, a farm stand where you're inviting folks to come onto your property and buy the goods that you're selling from your farm stand. All of these areas will now have the force of federal government forcing you to abide by whatever edicts the LGBT agenda wants. And it's so changing, right? As they stated, it's for LGBTQ, and this Q aspect, queer in their own words, applies to the over 102 different genders or sexual identities that they can come up with. It's an ever-changing standard that they can even wrap their heads around, not to mention the individual Americans that are now wanting to engage in culture, wanting to engage in business, that are going to have to contend with the force of government dictating how they do so with regard to the LGBT agenda. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue We're talking about uh, the RIFA law, or excuse me, the Equal Rights 
uh, Act, that's H.R. 5. We're asking you to call your congressman and, and urge them to vote no on the so-called Equality Act, which is basically in, in, you know, inequity to everyone else. If you're a person of faith, if you're a woman uh, who will be invaded in the bathroom by a man that comes in uh, that's uh, transitioning to a woman or perceived to be a woman, you don't, you don't even have to be in transition or have surgery. You can be uh, psychologically predisposed that you think that you're a woman so i should be able to use their bathroom isn't that right jonathan yeah, it's not a far yeah it's not a far-fetched thing we've, we've seen this for the past 10 or so years all across the country as more and more people realize what this transgender ideology is all about i mean these are bearded men that have stood in full nude in women's lockers and bathrooms or you know we had a case down in florida at a planet fitness standing in the nude is able to He's facing the mirror and is able to see into the bathroom stalls of these women, these young girls that are changing in various areas, uh, levels of undress in the locker room. And there is nothing that a woman in that room can do to kick him out. There's nothing that a father can do, even if he sees a full-grown man follow his daughter into the bathroom. There is nothing he can do to prevent that uh, individual, however disposed they are, uh, if they're male, to go into the woman's bathroom because they'll be able to claim, oh, no, this is my gender identity. And there's there's no proof. There's no objectivity to whether or not this individual is just using this law to gain access, or even if they think they are, biology says something completely different. And we've seen that across the states that have already tried to apply this. What makes this even worse is that it now takes the force of federal government. And, and as an African-American, I, you know, I sort of remember the scenes or have been taught of the scenes of young black girls being ushered by U.S. marshals into desegregated schools. A, a great picture of what the federal government can do in an appropriate way to rectify the racial imbalances. It's taking that same image but flipping it on its head and now U.S. marshals would be able to force or department agencies across the federal government through policy would be able to force uh, young girls, young women, to now be in bathrooms and locker rooms and showers with biological men. That's how rabid this law is, and that's just one aspect of it. When we talk about the privacy rights of women and children, the Equality Act, so-called, uh, the LGBTQ or SOGI law special rights bill, uh, for those with, uh, uh, you know, gender dysphoria and sexual, uh, you know, uh, proclivities that, that you know that are uh, again lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer is the definition of LGBTQ. Uh, the Equality Act jeopardizes women's privacy and safety. Let me read this: The Equality Act's expansion of Title uh, II public accommodations definition means that females would no longer have privacy in public bathrooms, locker rooms, showers, or even. Uh, uh, women's shelters, battered women's shelters, excuse me. State and local laws to this effect are already causing fallout. A kindergarten was assaulted by a boy in her school bathroom. A rape survivor was forced to quit her job when her employer began allowing men into women's private facilities. A man was allowed residence in a shelter, and nine women are suing because they were sexually harassed. You know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This insanity that's being debated on the floor even as we speak, uh, Jonathan, and that's why we need people to call their congressman right now because it's being debated right now. Yeah, right now, and, and what you'll hear are these lofty words towards equality, towards everyone being treated fair and decently, and that's, that's how they'll drive in uh, the majority of moderate uh, Americans that, that don't really know what's at stake, but what's truly at stake are all of what you've mentioned, the huge uh, examples that we have all across the country of ladies and young girls being forced now to be in these private intimate spaces with biological men. Uh, with regard to churches, it, it doesn't even apply to, to public accommodations. It ex expands it to churches as well, where if you hold open your door and say, you know, come to our worship service, well, an individual can decide this is the bathroom you're going to choose. If you have a retreat center that you're holding, you can say, well, now I want to be able to sleep uh, with the girls, the young boys wanting and being able to sleep with the girls. If you're hiring employees, you could not even rely on your 
doctrinal basis or the foundation of your faith if you have employees over 15 to say, well, we don't want to hire someone that violates that. We don't want to hire someone by their same-sex lifestyle or this individual that's presenting by a different biology. So this goes not only in public accommodations, but it applies it to the church. And one of the strongest defenses that we've had in this country up until that point, anticipating that folks would want to infringe whatever lifestyle on the church, has been RIFRA. But now this bill and this law comes directly, squarely against RIFRA and tries to cut it out. A majority of Americans are opposed to this. You know, we had a sampling here in Medina County in in, in Ohio. And this is a, a bedroom community outside of Greater Cleveland and Cauga County. And the city now is uh, basically Democrat. The county is primarily Republican. But uh, the city government passed a uh, LGBTQ special rights ordinance with policing authority, similar to all this. Mm-hmm. We work to... Uh, basically get them to stop it at city council the council was majority democrats so they pushed it through and the uh, gay groups were pushing for that to go through and um so what did we do well we did a referendum and we circulated the petition they tried to seed in the community that we were haters hate has no home here you'd see these signs and things they were actually trying to tr- uh uh, trace and follow and shadow anybody with a petition uh, to right. go on door to door. We were able and shocked them because you have to get uh, 30 days is what you have. We had about 15 days to secure enough signatures. We submitted our sign- signatures to City Hall, then to the Board of Elections, only to have them uh, basically say we were 44 signatures short because they took 59 of the signatures and said, oh, well, these don't match what we have on record. And guess what? One of the promoters of the legislation was the chairwoman of the Board of Elections. Talk about a conflict of interest. Anyways, we fought that all the way to the state Supreme Court is why I bring that up. And unfortunately, over technicality, they threw it out. Nobody wanted to handle this. They're afraid of these people. But yet, Jonathan, what's going on here, as we can see, these are far leftist radical ideas that the general public, because we shocked them in Medina. They thought that we would not be able to get enough signatures. Enough people said, you know what? That's a bridge too far. And it's funny. We went door to door. We didn't go to Republicans' houses. I said to the folks, no, no, go door to door. This is a community concern. And by goodness, that's what happened. You know what? And people said, you know, you're right. That's a bridge too far of putting men in women's bathrooms or in the locker room showers and athletic programs. The kids shouldn't have to deal with this. I'm with you. Think about that. So it wasn't as if they were against you know, supporting, uh, you know, as, as far as gay rights. But when it comes to that bridge of like, now you're going to infringe on my rights, that's a bridge too far. Your thoughts? Yeah, and no, I think you're absolutely right. And your experience echoes what I had in Massachusetts. We did the same thing. It was the first successful citizens referendum in the last 20 years. There has only been four successful ones in Massachusetts, 400-year history. Wow. And it was, it was the same thing. It was citizens and liberal Massachusetts, of course, realizing that this was a bridge too far. This was a line that they couldn't cross. To put Equality Act in perspective, it's not that you'd be going to state Supreme Courts anymore. It's not that you'd be fighting against your county. You'd be fighting against the federal government, the entire array of all 20 agencies, including the Department of Justice, the FBI, IRS. Everything would be arrayed against individuals bringing claims uh, that would violate the terms of the Equality Act. And so, yeah, as American citizens, we say, well, we'll have our day in court, right? The court's supposed to be this equal arbiter where everyone is equal before the law. Well, what the Equality Act says is that you cannot bring RIFRA as a defense. So the one strong defense that has been effective in the courts up until this point to really hold the line and, and protect our religious freedom. They say that is the very defense that you will not be able to bring. So you can't even have your day in court as you're fighting against the full array of the federal government. That's how extreme this law is. It is just unbelievable, John, that when we stop and we're even talking about this, because it's so radicalized, the majority of Americans uh, put to the vote would not support this, yet a very far leftist radical agenda is being pushed. And people would say, well, why is this happening? Well... Because that's the money that got behind on the West Coast and in the greater San Francisco area and big tech threw huge amounts of money at these congressmen to get them elected. Now they feel beholden 
to hold up this very radical sexualization of our country that has nothing to do with Judean Christian principles of which we were based on as a country in which most Americans believe in and embrace. And uh, it's a violation of everything, of everyone else's personal privacy rights. You know, it actually is a violent act. I'd have to say it goes because I know there's people getting angry as we're talking about right now. So what do you mean I have no rights? Well, that does cause people to get angry. You know, it's funny. The left just keeps poking and poking and poking, waiting for a response. And the fact is, Jonathan, people have been pretty patient. They've been, you know, been very civil, as it were. Right. Let me read I this. Po- right. Go. Uh, I want to read this part about the Equality Act unfairly penalizes female athletes by allowing biological men to compete in women's sports. You know, we have an interesting ally. The feminists right. are actually with us on this. Explain. Yeah, well, you have skull-crushing adolescent males literally pummeling their counterpart female athletes in combat sports. Uh, because these males are identifying as women, literally having that. In Connecticut, you're having the top two runners in the state be males, born males beating female uh, athletes, knocking other females off the podium, quite literally standing on the podium and receiving these awards that other fem- that females aren't allowed to get because males are competing, uh, getting them... Uh, not allowing these females to receive scholarships to school to pursue their athletic careers, literally males being in women's sports, knocking them out in terms of combat sports, but knocking them out of the way in terms of pushing them uh, out of the race and then not allowing them to receive their scholarships. So we're, we're, and then there are cases across the country, and specifically in Connecticut, literally fighting those very instances. And, you know, that's, that's just one of another series of aspects that we've mentioned. One, one of the areas of this law is how it goes into your home business. So if you have a home business where you make, you know, for instance, uh, candles and you, you want to sell them and you invite people to come look at your candles, or even if you're placing them online and you have this home business that you're running, this law is so pervasive that it says that you have to have anti-discrimination language in the way you operate your home business. It does not allow even home businesses to be exempt from this. If you're a counselor and you're having folks come to your home and sit on your couch, folks that may have unwanted same-sex attraction or unwanted same-sex behavior in their past and they're trying to overcome that, this literally says you are not allowed to aid this individual to overcome their past and want to you know, stop participating in actions that they now see are different from, from what they uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, Jonathan, I've actually had, uh, you know, those in my early Christian life who came out of the homosexual lifestyle and uh, began leading a life that honored Christ and being single of heart and uh, being, uh, you know, um, not homosexual but straight, and again, uh, they may have fought those same-sex attractions, but again, they put it under the cross of Christ and lived for Jesus. Right. Uh, to encourage a person to do, and they were encouraging others to do the same, they would be in violation of this law. Yeah, but you wouldn't even be able to sit down with an individual and talk to them. In, in certain states where this is already applied, they've touted parents as uh, being child abuse or child abusing their kids to the extent that the state can come in and remove the child if you accompanied that child to uh, a counseling session or if you had them sit with their pastor and help them overcome these unwanted same-sex attractions. That's how perverse and pervasive this law is. And once again, I can't stress that it's the federal government now. Before we were contending with counties, we were contending with individual states, and we still had RIFRA as a defense to win some of these cases. Now it's the actual full force of the federal government coming in and dictating how we live our lives. And there isn't a single area to which they don't want this agenda to permeate. We're talking about H.R. 5. We need you to call your congressman and tell them to vote no. Go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website, uh, and right at the top you will see call your congressman and tell them to vote no on H.R. 5. Under that you'll see uh, contact Congress. Click on that link, again, at the Ohio Christian Alliance website. That's Ohio. CA.org. 
or just uh, search that Ohio Christian Alliance with your phone or your tablet or your desktop computer and go right there where it says contact Congress and tell your representative, your representative of Congress to vote no on H.R. 5 in the event you hear this broadcast after the Thursday vote. It's still not too late. It's got to go to the Senate. So vote, call your senator and tell them to to su- not to support H.R. 5, the so-called Equality Act. And for the list- reasons we listed, if you click on that uh, red link, call your congressman, you will see all the points that we've just talked about that Jonathan and I just discussed and, and rehearse that, familiarize yourself with it, and also send it to family and friends and share it in your church as well. You know, Jonathan, we had a pastor who's normally not uh, political. My daughter said he stood up, Dad, on Sunday, and he said, folks, this is going to be trouble. We need you to do something about it. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's strong. And I, I encourage shepherds who ought to be meeting in person. I encourage shepherds, however you're getting your word out to your members, to the flock that God has given you to watch over, make sure that you have you're reminding them that they're the salt and light in this world. They have the opportunity here in the United States to be engaged and let their voices be heard. And if there's one thing for them to get started on, it would be this law, because this is coming directly to their church. It'll affect the way they worship, but it'll also affect their homes. It'll be uh, their child's school curriculum agenda. It'll be in their child's bathrooms. It'll be in the locker rooms. It'll be in their face every day with the force of government pushing this forward. So this is this is where we draw the line. The citizens were tepid in, in being activated before. Now is certainly not the time to rest on our loyalties. That's this right. The time that we stand up and fight. We need to run to the battle. Jonathan Alexander, again, uh, Legal Counsel, Governmental Affairs of Liberty Council. What's the website for folks to uh, follow Liberty Council? It's lc.org, just five letters, lc.org. Thank you, Jonathan. God bless you, my friend, and we'll have you back on, and our folks will make the calls. Again, uh, go to the website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and click on the congressional link and make calls. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.